Hi guys, uh, Pastor Greg Corcoran here from Battlefield Baptist Church. Uh, pray that this sermon is a blessing, an encouragement, and a challenge to you in your walk with the Lord. Additionally, I just wanted to say that if we here at Battlefield can ever be a blessing to you, please don't hesitate to contact us. And the best way to do that is through our website at battlefieldbaptist.org. Again, I pray this sermon blesses you, encourages you, and uh, that you'll fall more in love with God, more in love with his word, and more in love with people. Thank you guys so much. Uh, is it well with your soul this morning? I pray that it is. I, uh, I also want to ask you, I didn't mention it just a moment ago, but I want to ask you to pray for uh, Travis and uh, Megan this week. They are down in, I feel really bad for them, they're down in the Fort Lauderdale, Florida area. Suffering for Jesus. No, Travis has been asked, and uh, what a wonderful opportunity the Lord has given him. Over the past few years, about a year and a half, two years ago, he was asked to, uh, to uh, fly to Taiwan. And uh, he preached for a week and taught classes and whatnot in a Christian school in Taiwan. He's been asked again uh, to be preaching and teaching, and he'll be doing that all week this week down in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida at a at an enormous Christian school down there. Uh, today, uh, Vody Balkum is preaching. Tomorrow, Travis Owens is preaching. And so uh, that's the company that he keeps, I guess. Uh, but uh, very, very proud of him and thankful that the Lord is able to use him in that way. So please keep him in prayer uh, today and, and throughout the remainder of this week. He'll be returning Friday night just in time for Upward Basketball on Saturday morning. And so that was part of the deal. You can go, but you better be back Friday. No, so, uh, and you're not flying southwest, okay? All right. <laughs> anyway, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to kind of continue uh, with the text that we began with last week. Uh, we'll abbreviate uh, what we read uh, as we get started this morning. But in Proverbs chapter 3, in the precious Word of God, and again, thank you so much for being here and uh, looking forward to what the Lord has for us uh, this morning. And I know that uh, the Lord will use his word to not only to bless and to encourage, but to challenge each and every one of us today. And so let's do that. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 3. And if you will, draw your attention with me to verse number 9. We're going to read just a couple of verses and we'll have a word of prayer and get started this morning. In verse number 9, the Bible says, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the songs that we can sing, and for the reality that with Christ, it is well with our soul. And Lord, that uh, we have a hope. It's a living hope, Lord. We have a peace. It passes even our understanding, our ability to understand. And so, Lord, I pray that uh, you will draw us close unto thee. The Holy Spirit will move and do as you desire this morning. Lord, we pray for the one who is strayed or the one who doesn't know Christ as their Savior, that today, Lord, you might draw them unto yourself where they might find forgiveness of sin. And, Lord, that you might... Once again, reign and rule supreme in our lives. Lord, I pray that uh, this time in your word will be fruitful. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to speak. And Lord, as always, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight because you are my strength and you are my redeemer. Lord, I give you the praise in advance for what you will do. Lord, as you do what only you can do. God, we pray this in the precious and powerful name of your son, Jesus. And for his sake, amen and amen. Well, last week we began uh, this idea of being entrusted. And uh, in response to the reality of all that the Lord has blessed us with or entrusted us with, he's given us so many uh, wonderful blessings. We kind of asked the question last, last week, can we actually be trusted? Right? God can be trusted, but can we be trusted with the things that he has blessed us with? Can we be trusted to be good managers, good managers of what 
he has given us. In fact, as a reminder or a refresher, just look back at verse number 9 one more time. I won't belabor the point, but the Bible says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. And as we discovered last week, this verse is actually reminding you and I that the very best and the very uh, most honorable or first fruits of everything that we have should be going back to the Lord. This is our substance. In fact, last week we said by substance that the wise man is actually not only speaking of our wealth, but he's speaking of our estate. Everything that we have, whether that be our time, our health, our abilities, influences, and yes, even our finances, they should all be used and managed in a way that brings him honor and glory. And one of the resources that I'm afraid, one of the resources I'm afraid that we all struggle with to manage well is the resource of time. Anybody else agree? Anybody struggle with time? You know, the old song says time just keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping to the future. Frank Sinatra used to sing, forget about tomorrow, forget about tomorrow, forget about tomorrow, for tomorrow never comes. Listen, time is this precious resource, and I'm afraid that we sometimes struggle with all of the time that we have been blessed and entrusted with. In fact, the ironic thing is that time management, now watch this, time management is big business. Did you know that? Can you turn me up just a hair because my voice is a little weak today? <laughs> I mean, Chad just had me sing All Rise, and then he says, yeah, go ahead and preach afterwards. All right? Time management is big business. In fact, corporations, I was looking at this earlier this week, corporations spend millions and millions, in fact, billions Billions of dollars in order to maximize the potential of their employees. We have calendars. If you're old school like me, you have a calendar, right? I have a calendar where I write things. We have, years ago, I remember when I was coming up through school, I mean, some of the younger people are going to laugh. They probably had never heard of this. They, they actually made big business by selling a thing called a day planner. Who still has a day planner? Everybody over 55, I get it. Okay, 50, uh, I mean uh, 30, I mean, sorry. Everybody over 30. <laughs> Day planners and schedules. If you're like me, does anybody else make to-do lists? Anybody make to-do lists and then you check back and see if you've actually done what you have on your to-do list like three months later and you've accomplished three of them, right? We make to-do lists to try and prioritize our task. Others participate. In fact, I noticed this online as I was searching about time management resources. Did you realize that corporations are now paying people to sit in pods and meditate? Just meditate. Just to have a little, little egg nap, right? Get in this little... By the way, it's a little cheaper than eggs these days to get in one of those eggs. Um, you can get in there and have like just a period of a, a, a t an adult time out, I guess, to prioritize your time. We have reminder apps. In fact, on my phone, I, I started thinking about this. I said, maybe I ought to say something current other than calendars or day planners. And then all the 20-somethings would be like, this dude is really old. So I looked on my phone and I was like surprised. I didn't even know I have apps on my phone that actually came with the phone to help me manage time. Did you know that? It's crazy. Apps and mobile uh, uh, devices and, and shortcuts for apps. We not only have apps, but we have shortcuts for apps. And they also have a lot of podcasts that are out there to teach people how to maximize their time. And yet I dare say we seem to struggle more now than ever before with this resource called time. So what's the answer to the age-old dilemma? What can we do to become more effective in our management of this resource that we've been entrusted with. Well, I think first of all, it's vital for us to acknowledge that he, although God designed and he created you and I with time in mind, the reality is that he himself is not bound by time. Aren't you glad for that? He's not bound by time. He is the author of it. You say, well, where did time come from? Well, in Genesis 1-1, the Bible says what? In the 
we were talking about this Wednesday night. Man, I want to encourage you to be out on Wednesday night. We're in the in the Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, and it's crazy. And you know, they, we talked about Wednesday night that he had chosen us before the foundation of the world, uh, before the foundation of the world. And so the reality is that before there was ever in the beginning. You want to blow your circuit breaker? Before there was ever a, in the beginning, God had already planned everything out. Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful to know? But the Bible says in the beginning, God. The New Testament confirms this in John chapter 1. In John chapter 1 and verse 1 and following, the Bible says in the beginning, there it is, was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. This is speaking of Jesus. It's speaking of Jesus. Verse 2, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. This includes time. God is the initiator. He is the creator of time, and yet he's not bound by it. That blows my mind. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 5, you want more proof that God's in control of everything? In verse number 5, the Bible goes on and says, And God, we're speaking Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God, the Trinity, called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day so we got evening morning and day these are all words that you and I associate with what time especially when it's the winter and it gets dark at about four o'clock and then it starts slowly slowly what's crazy is we've already passed the darkest day of the year and it gets slowly starts man this is like spring Aren't you excited? I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for, uh, listen, I know everybody likes to fall back and get an extra hour of sleep, which you never do. Let's just be honest. Let's be honest. I tell everybody every year, like, hey, be smart. Be a good steward of time. Get an extra hour of sleep. And what do we do? We stay up two hours later on that day. And then, and then on spring forward Sunday, people are still trying to spring out of bed and we've already had worship, right? And so I get it. But this idea, this reminder of evening, morning, and day, it all associated with this idea, God's authority, his authorship, if you please, of time. In fact, in 2 Peter, in chapter 3, in verse number 8, here's what Peter writes. He said, Beloved, be not ignorant of this what? Of this one thing. He said, if you want to be ignorant, be ignorant about something else. But don't be ignorant of this one thing. He said that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Oh, yes, Lord may operate outside of the parameters of time. But I'm here to remind every one of us, you and I do not. You and I have been given a finite amount of time in this life. See, for the believer, our lives will never end. We're just going to continue on and on and on, right? So I'm already actually living in an eternity. You think that's funny? I'm living in an eternity, right? I may be here for a short while, but soon and very soon, I'm going to go and live with Jesus, amen? Oh, yes, oh, yes. Ecclesiastes, the wise man, Solomon, he writes in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, a very familiar portion of Scripture. In verse number 1 and following, he says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born. Uh-oh, this is the one we don't like. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which was planted. And he goes on and on and on talking about time. And when we get down to verse number 11, he sums it up in verse number 11 by saying, He hath made everything beautiful in whose time? But pastor, I thought you said he's not bound by time. He's not. That's what makes that verse so beautiful. Oh, his time is not like your time and my time. Oh, yes. God creates all things. He upholds all things. He governs all things. In fact, I would dare say he orders all things according to the counsel of his will. But this doesn't answer the question. This doesn't answer the question. Listen, what God does or, or how he has blessed or entrusted you and I with time doesn't answer the question we're after because this isn't a message about God blessing or God entrusting us with time. This is a message about what you and I actually do with the time that you and I have been entrusted. Someone much wiser than me has said it this way. Time is one of God's gifts to us. 
And what we do with it is our gift to Him. Time is one of God's gifts to us. It's not the only gift. It's not the greatest gift. But it's one of the gifts that He gives to us. And how you and I manage it, what we do with it, says a lot about that gift back to Him. Again, think about Proverbs 3 and verse number 9. Remember, this is not just speaking about our wealth. Honor the Lord with thy substance, thy whole estate, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Friends, our substance, or if you want to look at it this way, our resource package. You know, when you get a job, everybody's wanting to know what they're going to get. They want to know their salary. They want to know their benefits. And, and I dare say, when you go to get a job, how many of you have ever asked, how much time do I get off? And some of you actually go a step further. How much sick time do I have? Because I'm going to plan to be sick about three weeks of the year. Right? And so we're always consumed. We're always asking about time. But the reality is, if you want to know about a resource package that never, ever ends, resource package that you and I have been blessed with, do you realize that each of us have been blessed with the same amount of time or potential every day? 24 hours. That's how much you've been blessed with each and every day. You've been blessed with 1,440 minutes. How well do we use them? Or I dare say, some of you faithful people might still have a little dollar bill that I gave to you in your Bible. Maybe you pulled it out by now. $86,400 bill that I gave you back in like 2014, right? That reminds us that we have 86000 400 seconds of potential time in every day. And as I said that, the alarm went off. <laughs> How appropriate. A reminder. There was the reminder app that said it's time to take a pill or it's time to do this or it's time to shut Pastor down. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, I'm familiar with those apps. <laughs> But here's the deal, if we're unsure, if you and I are unsure as to how you and I might best allocate or manage the time that you and I have been blessed with or entrusted with today, I'm going to give you a suggestion. I'm just going to give you a suggestion. How about we do it God's way? Is that good? How about we just do it God's way? Let, let's quit looking for the apps, let's quit listening to the podcast, and let's get into the Word of God. And you say, well, I don't know what to do. Well, I've got some good news for you. God says in James chapter 1, in verse number 5, He says, if any man lacks wisdom, if any man, if any woman, if any young person lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto you. Listen, it doesn't matter what we're dealing with. If you lack wisdom, it's okay. And quite honestly, I would suggest that it's expected that we would go and we would ask God, God, I'm screwing it up. God, what can I do to be a better steward, a better manager of this beautiful gift that you have given me? Because guess what? Soon and very soon, your children are going to be 18 years of age or older. Mom and dad, pretty soon there'll be no more educating. There'll be no more training. By the way, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. At about 15 or 16, and maybe some cases earlier, your kids already checked out and turned you off. So if you're going to, if you're good, listen, I'm not saying that to be ugly. I'm just saying that's reality. You know I have kids too, right? Get it? So mom and dad, grandpa and grandma, if we're going to instill something, if we're going to teach our children something, we got to get on it. we got to get on it day one. You say, well, they don't understand anything. Just start telling them about Jesus. Just start teaching them the word of God. Just train them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord because soon and very soon they're going to check out and they're going to go off into the world. They're going to go into the marketplace. They're going to go get a trade or a skill. They're going to go to the military. They're going to go to college or whatever it is. We're going to be sitting there like this. What happened? Where did the time fly? I mean, it's a different set of steps. This, this is emotional right here. 
If you come to my office, you'll see a picture of me when I had brown hair. <laughs> I did have brown hair at one time. You'll see a picture of me sitting right here years ago and standing right beside me in a pair of knickers. That's your fault. I don't know why. I don't know why. Not this tall. Colby Allen was holding on to me. Like I was the most cherished friend he ever had. I looked yesterday. When I was in the military, I used to produce shows for the, for the Army, and I remember producing Christmas shows every year at Constitution Hall in D.C. And there's a picture of Casey in Krista's arms backstage. Man, he looks so sweet. <laughs> Michaela remembers. Remember? <laughs> that little toe head. That hair was so white, and there he was, holding on to his mom. Time flies so fast. If we're unsure of how to deal with it, James says, ask. It's okay. If you lack wisdom, ask of God. But believe me, friend, you better ask with some faith. Because God's not going to give a double-minded man or a double-minded woman something that they're not exercising faith for. So if you're lacking wisdom, go to God in faith and say, God, I need wisdom. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing a really good job with the management of this gift that you've given me. And I want to do better. But God, I need your strength. I need your power. I need your wisdom. I need your spirit to guide me into all truth. As we were talking about in Sunday school. I love sharing the following statement, and by the way, some of you have heard this before, but anytime I teach on time or preach on time, I love to share the statement by A.W. Tozer. Here's what he said about time. He said, time is a resource that is non-renewable. It's non-transferable. You cannot store it. You cannot slow it up. You cannot hold it up, divide it up, or give it up. You cannot hoard it up. Or save it for a rainy day. When it's lost, it's unrecoverable. When you kill time, remember that it has no resurrection. Oh, my friends, with our opening text in mind that says to honor the Lord with all of our substance, with everything that he has blessed us with or entrusted with. And then this statement that reminds you and I that this gift, this resource of time is non-renewable. It's non-transferable. You and I are all faced with the exact same questions. And those questions are simply, God, biblically, how am I doing as a manager? And number two, biblically, how can I improve? How am I doing and how can I prove? And I, and I really honestly believe that the answer can be found with this additional thought in this question that you and I have to ask ourselves. And that is when it comes to this resource of time, are you and I conforming more to the world's standards of time or are we being transformed by the renewing of our mind according to God's word, Romans 12, 2? See, I'm either following what the Word has to say, like, it doesn't matter. Just live and let live. What's the pastor so excited about today? He's talking about time. Listen, if we are going to be good managers of the things that we've been entrusted with, I think it's imperative that we actually allow the Word of God to transform our lives, not the world. Right? Chad appropriately prayed this verse right before the choir came out. He was asking the choir, what are we here for? What are we getting ready to do? We're getting ready to go out and we're get, getting ready to lead worship and to encourage other people to worship and to sing and praise the Lord. What are we getting ready to do? And then he shared this verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31 that says, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. It doesn't matter whether we're eating or whether we're drinking or whether we're singing or whether we're training up our children or whether we're in the marketplace. It doesn't matter. We ought to do it. 
We ought to do it all to the glory of God. You say, well, how can I do that? Listen, you know what? You don't have to be a horse's backside when you're in the marketplace. You can be nice to people. Jesus didn't go out in the community. He wasn't rude to people. He was all truth, but he was also all grace. He showed a little bit of grace to people. Listen, when we go out in the marketplace, when you're in the doctor's office, can I tell you, your doctor's appointment, I'm just going to tell you, is going to run late. If you're of the mindset that you think you're rolling in there 15 minutes early because you think you're going to get seen on time, you just might as well grab a magazine and have a seat, sir. But you don't have to be ugly to the doctor because she or he, they're doing the very best they can. At least that's my hope and desire. But you know what? Everybody has a bad day. So maybe they're not doing the best they can on the day that you have your appointment. I hope they're doing the best on the day you have your surgery. <laughs> Be like, hey, doc, I get it. I get it. We all have off days, but I just need to know you're on the game today, right? Have you had coffee? I don't want no shakes going on when you're getting ready to cut me, right? We can, be, we can, we can, still, we can still live in a way that honors God without being rude, without being ugly. We can still communicate the truth of God's word in a loving way. Oh, listen, in Matthew chapter 6, after reassuring us that God knew all, that the Father knew all that you and I had need of, you remember what Jesus said? He said in verse number 3, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things, all the things that I just communicated to you, they'll be added unto you. Oh, listen, when it comes to the manners of our time, or anything else that we've been entrusted with, the question becomes pretty simple. Are we seeking God first? Are we seeking God first as we manage this resource of time? Or do we allow other things, maybe some good things, necessarily, not necessarily bad things, but do we allow other things to keep us off track? I'm going to ask you to look at two passages of Scripture. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Psalm 90. In Psalm 90, and uh, I want you to see here, this is Moses in Psalm uh, 90, and he's praying to God, getting ready to pray to God. Look here in verse number one. He starts, he starts out with some gratitude, actually. And in verse number one, it's very different, but notice what he says. He said, Lord, in verse number one, he said, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all Generations, In other words, generation to generation, he said, Lord, you have been our dwelling place. And look at verse 2, he said, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, he says, Thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction, and sayest, Return, ye children of men. And verse number 4, For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. Notice what Moses is saying. He's saying, Lord, you're our security and you are our trust because you actually existed before the mountains existed. Before the mountains ever were, God, you were. You see, he understood. He understood who the creator and the author of things was. And so he gives right uh, regard and thankfulness. He's, he's saying, God, you're from everlasting to everlasting. And so the reminder for you and me is if God is from everlasting to everlasting, can I tell you that time is not a problem with God? And therefore, it shouldn't be a problem with us. Isn't that good? It's not a problem for God. It's only a problem for us when we forget to include God in our plans. Oh, listen, you and I were created from dust. You and I are short-lived on this earth. You say, well, I have an auntie on that was, that was 103. That's short, relatively speaking. You may live to be 100, but that's still a short time. Our time on this earth is relatively short because here's the deal. You and I are mortal. But before you get too sad about what I just said, it's okay. Because 1 Corinthians in 15 and 54 says that one day, you ready to do a little holy dance? One day, this mortal shall put on immortality. I'm doing a little happy dance. Some of you may not be happy, but I'm going to be in heaven. 
You think you're done with me here? You just wait. I'm going to be excited because this mortal shall put on immortality. And that verse goes on. Not only does it say that, but it says death. Death will be swallowed up in what? And who gives us a victory? Jesus Christ, that unspeakable gift of God. Oh, listen, my friends. We ought to be excited about the fact that he is from everlasting to everlasting before the mountains were ever a thought. He was. And so you and I can take joy in knowing that time is not a problem with God and therefore as we walk in the wisdom of God, it will not be a problem with us. Turn with me to Luke chapter 12. Man, I'm getting ready to wrap this puppy up. And you guys are, what? You guys don't believe it. Luke chapter 12. In Luke chapter 12, we find the, what has been dubbed as the parable of the rich fool. In Luke chapter 12, many of you know this parable. And the story certainly points out to the points towards the vanity of material possessions. But I believe we can also learn something uh, for our message today. You say, well, how are you going to connect this? Well, let's see what the Bible says in Luke chapter 12. Look with me in verse number 16 and following. In verse number 16 and following, here it is. Jesus is speaking. Man has come to him. He asks Jesus, he says, hey. He says, tell my brother to separate the inheritance with me. And so the guy comes, he wants what he thinks he is owed or what he thinks he deserves. And so Jesus, he says, okay. He says, take it easy, calm down. He says, I'm going to tell you a story. And so in, in verse number 16, notice he tells him this parable and he says, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? If you're a note taker, you might want to underline that. What shall I do? He said, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. Verse number 18, and he said, this will I do. First he's asking, what shall I do? Now he's saying, I've already made my choice. This is what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to pull down my barns and I'm going to build greater. And there will I bestow all, watch these personal pronouns. We live in a day and age where pronouns are big business. Look, he says, I will pull down these, and he said, I will he said, and there will I bestow all my fruits and all my goods. And verse number 19, I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy knees, eat, drink, and be merry. Oh, but watch verse 20. But God said unto him, Thou fool. You're being foolish. He's saying, Thou fool, this night. Thy soul shall be required of thee. Then, then if your soul is required of you tonight, he says, then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? In other words, your ground, it, it, it rose up plentifully because I'm the one that blessed you. I'm the one that blessed the ground. I'm the one that entrusted you with the goods. And guess what? Your plan, you're coming up with a plan void of me you're coming up with a plan that's based on what you think you want to do or what you think you should do and you haven't even inquired you haven't even asked so notice what he says then who shall those things be which thou hast provided verse 21 so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God I believe that the man in this story I believe that the man in this story is also representative of you and I when you and I get so focused on our plans regarding our substance everything that we have whether it be our wealth our time our abilities we get so wrapped up in our own plans we get so focused on our goods, we get so focused on what we're going to do that we forget or we discount what God wants us to do. Instead of acknowledging the one who gave us everything, we're like this, this rich fool that says, I'm going to tear down my bonds. I'm going to build bigger bonds to bestow my fruits and my goods. And I'm going to say to my soul, listen, Everything, your soul included, belongs to God. Oh, listen. Friends, not only is that a dangerous question, it's a dangerous thought to think about what you think you're going to do. I love, and, and I'm just going to give him, I'm going to give him props. Over the past six or seven years, Herb has taught me, and you notice it in my emails, Herb has taught me 
And, and he didn't come out and say, hey, brother, you need to do this. It's just something that the Lord used to teach me. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow, Lord willing. If the Lord wills it. If it's God's plan, I'll see you tomorrow. If it's not, then one of you jokers better get up and preach the word of God. Somebody better know scripture well enough to get up and preach the word. Because if the Lord should call me home. Oh, listen, don't, don't cry for me, Argentina. Don't, no, 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 no. Because I'll be kicking up my heels. Oh, what a day. We sang it last week. What a day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, and he takes me by the hand, the fact that he would even want to touch me is amazing to me. And he leads me through the promised land. Oh, what a day. Oh, a glorious day that's going to be. He's probably going to have to pick me up. Yeah, like he's going to grab me by the hand. He's probably going to have to pick me up and say, okay, get up. Let me show you some things. Because in my father's house are many mansions. And you're over here on Corcoran Street. What? Over here? God is so good. May the Lord help us, really. May the Lord help us to apply our hearts unto the wisdom that is found in his word. As we walk by faith and not by sight, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 9 indicates that whatever you and I do, whatever we do, our goal should be to please our Lord. But listen, whatever we think, whatever we say, whatever we do, it ought to be bringing God glory. Oh, we're to conform more to the image of Christ. We need to be more like Christ. We need to be pleasing Him each and every day. These are all worthy ambitions. But the proper management of our time, uh-oh, it goes back to the actual principle that I shared last week. Matthew and I were talking about that. It goes back to the principle of trust. He authored it. He's entrusted it. Do I trust Him enough to live according to His Word or do I feel like today I need to take the reins and live according to my way? I can tell you that my way is never even comparable to his way or his thought. And so it comes down to trust. And that's what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that we pointed out last week says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways, not just some of them, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. Are we confident that the Lord's way is best? And do we acknowledge him each and every day that we live? Oh, this is the key to becoming a better manager of this resource that we've been entrusted with. Listen, we really don't have time to waste. We don't have time to waste. Because the reality is that every one of us, every one of us is a breath away from eternity. Proverbs chapter 27, in verse number 1, says, To boast not thyself, for tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Some of you may know and some of you may not know what took place on December the 4th in 2022. But I've asked Jason, Jason, if you come and just share a quick word of testimony before we wrap up this morning. Uh, and you can welcome Jason if you want. <laughs> enjoy more than having a microphone on my hand and, and everybody staring at me while I talk. I, man, I love this stuff. Um, just kidding. Um, so, so Greg asked me uh, Wednesday, he said, hey, can, can you give a, a quick testimony about uh, kind of what, what's happened and the impact that it's had in your life since then? Um, and, and I said, absolutely. Um, so over the, the last, so that's at what, Wednesday night, Thursday night, I, I've lost like six hours of sleep because um, this has been gnawing on me uh, the whole time. Um, because I wanted to be um, uh, mindful of the time, right, that, that, that I'm taking to do this. Uh, and because uh, something similar had happened to me that, that, that was brought to my attention, that, that I've heard this story, um, and it didn't have any impact on me. So, um, so 
I, I want to I want to tell a story and, and that it has an impact. And it's not the storyteller, it's not the story itself, but but we've heard many times Greg um, talk about as a as a ten year old boy, um, his mother having a a massive right heart attack, right, um, and, and and she didn't come back from it. Um, so so I've heard this story and it never clicked. I'm I'm 42 years old. Six weeks ago today, I had a massive heart attack, cardiac arrest. Um, I I died. Uh, so, um, and uh, by by the grace of God. Um, um, by by the by the grace of God, I was I was revived twice. Um, they, they shocked me. AED, full full thing. I, I went to the, the hospital. Um, I got a stent put in, um, and and miraculously, um, I'm I made a full recovery already. Um, so, um, it, what what I had uh, in, in medical, and, and if you're uh, Jamie, please don't correct me during the middle of this because I'm gonna botch it. Um, but I had some, uh, I had a narrowing on my LAD, so uh, it's one of the valves or uh, the arteries that go to your heart. Um, like I said, I'm not a doctor. Uh, about 20% narrowing, and that's uh, partly because of genetics. Uh, and then I smoked for many years, so um, don't don't smoke. Um, it, it's bad for you, apparently. Um, and uh, I had some built-up plaque um, that ruptured. So when that happens, your white blood cells, they attack it created a blood clot. It got stuck in that narrowing uh, on the LAD. Uh, this this um, blockage is also commonly called the Widowmaker um, because if you have this blockage in the hospital, it's a 20% survivability rate. Outside of the hospital, it's a 10% survivability rate. I was on a farm, uh, a range, doing some shooting in the middle of Haymarket, so I was nowhere near a hospital. Um, thankfully, uh, I was there with some capable people, uh, the, the same doctor that performed uh, uh, Greg's uh, surgeries on his kidneys, a urologist. I was with uh, him, and then two uh, two other just really capable uh, dudes that, that do a lot of uh, SWAT training and um, just instruction and stuff. So um, thankfully, uh, they were able to, to revive me and keep me, um, keep me going until the ambulance got there. Then I got to the hospital. Um, you normally spend uh, five or six days in the hospital with with what I had done. Um, I went on Sunday. I was out on Tuesday. Uh, I was dropping my kids off at Awana on Wednesday. Um, so it, it's just been like God God has had his hand on this whole situation. Um, you know, uh, I was in the gym two weeks later. Uh, I was actually, uh, I was doing um, some cleaning jerks. Uh, if you're familiar with the Olympic lifting and all, but I'm, I'm lifting like 200 pounds over my head like 10 days ago. Um, so I, I'm extremely fortunate. I'm, I'm very thankful. Um, but but one thing that I do remember, uh, waking up in the hospital, um, and, and uh, Greg was there, uh, the, the first thing that came into my mind, it wasn't, uh, you know, hey, I got reports that are due, I got this work thing, I got a, you know, it, it's that, uh, you know, my boys, uh, I have three boys and a, and a, and a daughter, my boys, uh, I haven't taught them, you know, I, I'm not finished teaching them yet, as, as, as Greg was uh, mentioning, um, I, I have so much left that I want to that I want to teach them. Um, so when when something happens, you, you realize how finite the, the time is. You know, the Bible said that that God's not a respecter of persons, and, and I never really understood that uh, until recently. When it, you know uh, we all have the same amount of time in, in, in a given period. So in in, in one day, four, was it fourteen hundred and forty minutes? Um, so. So just because I'm I'm Jason and um, you know I no longer have brown hair or much hair left at all, I don't get any less time than Greg because Greg has hair. Um, so be thankful for that. Um, but uh, you know, uh, a couple some of the other things that I've learned: uh, surround yourself with capable people. Um, so uh, Gordon, uh, for I, I was under his tutelage many many a Wednesday nights. He said, "Show me your friends, and I'll show you who you'll become." Right, so surround yourself with capable people. Um, <laughs> life is but a vapor. Man, is that true? Um, you know, I uh, last week, the week before, we had a lot of dense fog around, um, and it kind of it kind of uh, compelled me, and, and I put out a um, you know a short testimony on Facebook about the same thing. It, it, it's 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 short. Um, we're in the middle of it, and sometimes I think uh, it's like, man, the the, the days drag. Um, but the weeks fly. So I, I remember that, like, uh, 
I was in the Navy, so on the way to boot camp, uh, they showed this video, and, and one of the lines in it was, the days drag, but the weeks fly. Um, so life is but a vapor. Um, invest in your communities. Um, so I, I, I was uh, very fortunate to have three really awesome communities around me. Um, one of them is, is this church. Uh, another one is our, our school. Uh, and then my gym, uh, oddly enough. Um, so uh, how, how do you get communities? Well, you get communities by, by service. Um, so so if, if you serve, um, you're going to build fellowship because um, just like, you know, when I was in boot camp, there's nothing, nothing's going to bring a group of people together like a, a shared mission or a, a vision. So, um, so serve, you're going to build fellowship and out of that fellowship, you're going to, you're going to have community. Um, so, so that, that has been uh, awesome. Those people that came over and vacuumed, uh, my house, uh, they, um, you know, taught my, taught my kids their, their homeschool portion. Um, they, we had more food, um, than I could, than I could eat in, in a lifetime, it felt like. So um, it, it was just awesome to have the, uh, those things kind of um, uh, around my family. And it, it's not, it wasn't like directly for me, like vacuuming the floor didn't affect me at all, but, but it made the burden light on on Karen, on my wife, uh, which which then, you know, makes the burden light on me. So, um, you know, life, life, life is but a vapor. Uh, we're all given a certain amount of time. Um, and then we need to be mindful of how we spend that time because we're going to give an account for it. Um, so that's all I got. Thank you. I appreciate you doing that. As I was talking with Jason <clears throat> the other night, I was, you know, reminded of this, this thought. Don't, don't, let's, don't allow... It's not that he did this or he didn't do this, but it's just very real what he said when we were in ICU together. He said, I, I still need to teach my kids more. But can we, can we, can we just, can we make the decision today not to, not, not to wait, not to wait until we have some catastrophic event take place, right? Can we make the decision today says, God, I really want to be a better manager of your resources. One of the resources, and I just say bar none, I th one of the resources that all of us, all of us get wrong at times, <laughs> pardon the pun, is time. So maybe we ask the question, God, what do we, what will you have me to do today and tomorrow? Because here's a real, realization, just like Jason alluded to right before he stepped down, is there's coming a day that we will be audited. You say, I hate audits. I hate that. There's coming a day that we will be audited by the greatest accountant of all. He alluded to the fact that our life is a vapor. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 9, 27, So is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 10, the Bible says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or whether it be bad. There's coming a day when we will be audited. So if you're a follower of Christ, Jesus talks about denying ourselves and picking up our, his, our cross and following him daily. And so for the believer, wasting time shouldn't be an option. It shouldn't be an option. And so I want to encourage you today. Recommit yourself. Or maybe you've never committed yourself to this. Whether it be a commitment or a recommitment, commit to God. Say, God, I want to be a better manager of time. And I'm committing myself to making some changes in my life that will recognize that you're on the throne and I'm not on the throne. I'm going to make some changes in my life that, rec that, that actually recognize that I can trust you because you're the author and the finisher of my faith. You're the one who created time for a reason to remind me that my time on this earth is finite, but you are not. 
And so I encourage you to do that. If you're an unbeliever, you know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1 and 2, we then as workers together with him, he says, we beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. You know, the amazing grace of God has gone on. And notice what it says in verse 2. For he has said, I have heard of thee and accepted. And in the day of salvation, I have succored thee or aided or relieved thee. He said, behold, now is the accepted time. That word there is kairos. It actually is speaking of opportunity. It's not talking about the time on our watch. It's talking about the opportunity. He says, now is the accepted opportunity or time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So if you're here, you're watching, and you're not a believer, can I encourage you, don't waste. Don't waste the grace that has been given to you. Because guess what? Whether you're a believer or not, you've been given the same potential of time. 24 hours, 1,440 minutes, or 86,400 seconds every day. Don't waste it. Oh, buy it up. Buy up that opportunity. If the Spirit of God is drawing you unto Himself today, listen, and you say, I've never trusted Christ. Can I tell you? The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. And so I beg you, I beg you, to call out upon the name of the Lord. Because the Bible says, for whosoever, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is a great opportunity to trust Christ. If you're a believer, it's a great opportunity to commit yourself to managing the time that God has blessed you with in a greater way. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your word. God, I pray for your church, for your people. God, that we, might, that we might seek your face, that we might walk in wisdom. God, and that that wisdom would come from you, that we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind. God, that we would see things from your perspective, not the perspective of the world. And Lord, that you would be glorified. Lord, I pray for one who may be in this room or may be watching and they've never, taken, they've never taken the opportunity. They've never appropriated that grace that you have bestowed upon them by calling out on the Lord. I pray that through your word and spirit today, God, that they would recognize their need, but they would also acknowledge the opportunity that's before them and that they would lay down their life and they would trust you for the forgiveness of their sin and their life everlasting. Lord, I pray that you'll be pleased during this time of invitation and that we'll actually be serious with our time of prayer as, as the praise team sings. God, that we would buy up this opportunity, this time that we have right now to do business with you before we walk out of this place, before we get in our cars, before we go anywhere. And Lord, I pray that you'll be honored and glorified through it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.